Okay, welcome. My name is Sam. My name is Kyle. Or my name... And the... No, wait, wait, Sam, start it over again. Okay. <laughs> Hello, my name is Sam. My name is Sam. Sam? What are you doing I, here? <laughs> I was trying to do some sort of like, I've been you all along. Oh, like Brad and Tyler, or you know what I mean. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, welcome to Insert Movie Here, the musical. This is a podcast where we take movies that should probably not be turned into musicals, and we do it anyway. This adaptation happens in real time. We watched a movie separately, we took some notes, and now we're going to talk about it together for the first time. Yeah, we'll figure out structural changes to the plot, what the musical's going to look like on stage, what the songs would be, where they'd be, and then what's going to happen, Sam? Uh, then you're going to take a song idea we come up with, you're going to write it down, you're going to have someone really awesome perform it, and we'll play it for you at the end. Yes. Let's hit that theme song. Mm, hit, it, hit it as hard as you can. Hit the theme, I want you to hit the theme song as hard as you can. <laughs> they did it with Hairspray, they did it with Xanadu, why not Inception, or maybe The Godfather 2. They did it with Spam a lot and Little Shop and Groundhog Day. So why not try with Paranormal Activity? Just take any movie and add in like 10 or 12 songs. So what if Shayla's singing feels oh so wrong? So what if the flick we picks a fit a bit unsuitable? We'll make it our Broadway hit both baffling and beautiful. Just give us an hour, even Deer Hunter is doable. It's insert movie here. The And insert it right here. Yeah! The movie we're doing today is Fight Club, which we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about Fight Club. We're gonna break all the rules. We're gonna talk about it. Unfortunately, in order to turn a movie into a musical, we have to talk about it, and thus we have to talk about Fight Club. Do you think there was like someone editing the first early drafts of Fight Club who was like really like by the books in terms of like what works and what doesn't and was like, you can't have the same rule twice. It's like, we get it already as an audience. Move on, get to the next rule. And yes, tried to and cut then, it. And then David Fincher beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sam, for the uninitiated, tell us what happens in Fight Club. Oh, Lord, what what happens in Fight Club? It's a rom-com. So Edward Norton plays this dude who's living, like, a very dull life, and he's looking for something to make him feel something, and he tries going to, like, these support groups. He tries crashing support groups, um, and he meets a woman played by Helena Bonham Carter, who is sort of a kindred spirit there. Um, but then he meets Brad Pitt, who he, like, hits it off with, but then his apartment explodes, and so he calls up Brad Pitt, and, like, they meet, and they get along great, and Brad Pitt asks him to hit him, and they move in together, and they form a fight club, and things are great. Um, but then the fight club starts to get kind of crazy. More and more people join in. It starts, like, doing, like, petty vandalism that starts ramping up to, like, domestic terrorism. Uh, meanwhile, Helena starts sleeping with Brad. Um, but Edward Norton starts to get, like, cold feet. He doesn't want to be a part of it anymore, and he confronts Brad. And Brad's like, I blew up your apartment so we could make this happen. And then Brad goes missing, and in looking for Brad, Edward comes to the shocking revelation that he was Brad Pitt the entire time. Brad Pitt was him the entire <gasps> time. He is this figure. Yes, Kyle. Uh, gasp. Gasp. I didn't I didn't know this shit. That's shocking. Um, 
And then he spends the rest of the movie trying to, like, stop what he started, but it still ends with him, like, shooting himself and a bunch of buildings blowing up. That's Fight Club. That's as brief as I could make it. Okay, so this one's fun because... I don't know if you... We have always abided by the rules of Fight Club. I don't know if you and I have ever talked about Fight Club. And I would say most movies in the sort of, like, canon of, like, movies that two humans would talk about, we've discussed, and I know your opinion. Um, but short of some assumptions I can make about your taste, I don't actually know what you think of Fight Club. I don't know what you think of, of Fight Club either. This was my first time watching Fight Club since high school. Which is when I first saw it as well. And I would say the best time to like fight club is when you are like a 17 year old boy who wants to be an actor yeah probably Um, which is not to say i didn't like it now but i would say i was primed to love fight club as like a high schooler and now that i'm like a very contrarian person in my late 20s that might be the worst time to watch fight club when you were uh, in high school did you love it um even though I just said I was more primed to like it in high school than I am now, I actually think I liked it now more than I did in high school. I liked it okay in high school. I definitely, I was living for this movie as like <laughs> a gay fantasy when I was little. When I was in high school. Which is to say like Brad and Edward it's like, just like, mm. It's like Edward Norton like being misanthropic, which is just like nobody does that like Edward Norton. And then it's like Brad Pitt just like looking like a Greek statue like and them like living together and like, you know, and they're always so sweaty. Everybody's so sweaty and bloody. I'm surprised you like it. You don't usually like blood. And so it's amazing to me that you could be attracted to well, I don't, a man of a black eye and a bloody nose. I don't like the punching scenes. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Just, just in case someone was uh, checking their email or not listening, we're talking about Fight Club, and Kyle, tell me what you just said about Fight Club. Um, I, I, I consider myself a Fight Club stan. I like the movie Fight Club. I don't like the punching scenes. Cool. Uh, There's a lot of so punching. So when you make like a, a producer's cut, you would make a version of Fight Club that is just Brad Pitt and Edward Norton being moody roommates? Yeah, maybe like one of the punching scenes. You're basically like, I want to refilm The Odd Couple by Neil Simon, but make them two really hot guys who fight once. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think both the thing that sort of like gives me like my lowest baseline of enjoyment, which is to say I'm going to like it at least this much no matter when I watch it, but it's yeah. also sort of the, but it's also sort of the ceiling of how much I'm going to like it because I just, I'm not that uh, in love with this this discussion point is like, it's kind of just like The Matrix but instead of the pills that take you out of reality, they beat the shit out of each other, and then uh, they plot their own revolution in their own weird way. I mean, I know there's different perspectives and there's different points of views, and like that analogy wouldn't track. But in terms of the like, how much does it make you think? It gets this like, it gets you like a little like, it's a little thought provocative. But at a certain point in time, it's like, yeah, it's okay, pretty I, surface I get this subject matter. Shit. I get this discussion. I have also considered whether or not I am too obsessed with my Ikea furniture. I have also wondered why it feels good sometimes to self-destruct, et cetera, et cetera. You're right. It's most, those, those ideas are most accessible to you when you're a high schooler, you know, and you're sort of starting to have these sort of, um, thoughts for the first time. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. Like I really feel seen by fight club. Um, just something to note about my perspective watching this movie is I, somehow did not realize Ikea existed in 1999. 
Yeah, I so uh, what's interesting about this is I've always had a weird feeling about IKEA because my introduction to IKEA was Fight Club. <laughs> so I've always been like, "Ugh, <laughs> that's like the emasculated furniture place." <laughs> Um, no, I, I definitely still, uh, purchase things from Ikea and I love eating at Ikea. Sam and I both love going to Ikea and that's the thing Edward Norton doesn't talk about is going to Ikea. Whoa, I'm not prepared for the internet to think of me as someone who loves eating at Ikea. Well, here's what I'll say. When we go to Ikea, the thing you're thinking about the whole time is that you're going to be able to go upstairs and have some, some of those chicken nuggets. (laughs) I think of the cinnamon rolls, but sure. (laughs) Well, maybe I'm putting words into your mouth. The other thing I should say is that uh, even though it, it, we, we have to keep it because it's the, one of the most iconic things about the movie, but like I, I, I've, ne- I I've never been interested in the twist. <laughs> so again, to review, <laughs> Kyle Wilson likes Fight Club, but doesn't like the, the punching, punching or the twist or the twist. Kyle, it's starting to sound like you don't like Fight Club. <laughs> No, I like Fight Club. I think it's a good movie. I just think the twist turns it into like, oh, it's a twist. There's a twist movie when it's like, there's already like. I like the twist. I am not of the Kyle Wilson. I don't like the twist camp. I also like the punching, let it be clear. Uh, yeah. But I like the twist, but I don't know. But I don't know if I would like the movie any less if there wasn't the twist. That's until how I was feel. just this alternative uh Influence that created this cult-like terrorist organization that he got swept along. Yeah, because ultimately it's notice. the same. That's my that's my thing. Is like ultimately it's the same conflict, right? Though like, what's great is we are you have just now condemned us to getting like five billion emails <laughs> from those Fight Club lovers that we talked about. The who twist are is like, brilliant. If you no, not even just that. But if you don't think that the uh, conflict is different and it's inside of him, then you just don't get this movie at all, and you have no rights to turn it into a musical. Is this going to be the episode where we're just bombarded? Like, I don't know if we realize the lion's den we're stepping into by talking about turning Fight Club into a musical. Well, let's just hope that anyone who loves this musical will hear you say, I don't like the punching scene and just go, "Mm, this podcast isn't for me. It's not (laughs) for me. I'm just going to turn it off now. Um, So, okay. So here's a question, Sam. Yeah. Where is the intermission in your mind? Just to be clear, this is something we always sort of lead with, which is where is intermission? And that's because, you know, in a screenplay, you've got the three act structure and in a musical, you've got the two act structure. So what we're really asking here is what's the shape of the story? What's the first half of the story? And what's the second half of the story? And let's zoom in and figure out what the break is, right? I think so, yeah. This is what I think. I think the story of Act 1 is Edward Norton in his weird little humdrum life where he doesn't find meaning in anything. He's searching Mm -hmm. for meaning, and he finds this fight club and this person, Tyler Durden, to sort of wake him up from the trance he's been in. And through waking up, through this discovery that he can find meaning or feeling or whatever, he starts realizing he's not alone. Yes. And that there are a lot of them. And the end of the first half of the story is, I am a part of something big. Yes. The, you could fight a stranger, assigning homework sequence is the end of act one. And that, and, and when you say the homework assignments, you're talking about the sort of sequence where not only are they going out and fighting strangers, but like they're going to the video stores and like breaking shit. Like it started yeah. turning it. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought as well. Yeah. And then this, so the second act then is, is about um, sort of Edward Norton, realizing the implications of what he's joined and 
ultimately what he's caused and uh, attempting to make things right, right? And many Brad Pitt shirtless scenes. Many Brad Pitt shirtless scenes. <laughs> well, well, let's get let's get to it then. Uh, so, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Before we get into like number by number by number, I want to know like, are there any other like big conceits you want to oh, sure. change? Like, is there are there any sections of the movie that you think need reworking? Like, what's like, what differences do you foresee there being with this as a musical comedy rather than a movie? I think the big difference is the is the Helena Bonham Carter character. That's sort of how I feel. Yeah, she's one of my like big notes for how do we turn this into a musical because I think, again, taking it from one medium to the next, I think a change that kind of has to be made is she has to offer a little more of like a sense of escape or like, yes. an alternative world he could engage in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you got to maintain her essence, but like, I think you're right of like what, like show how she can be an escape for you know, what is she? Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I don't want her character to be reduced to, like, fixing the dude, but it's sort of like, you want to, you wanna at one point in time, have this feeling where he can either choose to find meaning in a life with her or, or finding it with her, or he can choose it with Brad, and he chooses Brad, and that's what sort of sets us right. down this path. Does right. that make sense? Yes. talk this opening number because yes um so the the start is the support groups what are what are your ideas um so here's my only <laughs> question how do you make here's my the only, support groups fun the the only problem i foresee with starting this with the support groups is that like we need to make it clear that he's fed up with the monotony of his life right that's what's sort of really mm -hmm. important and in the movie it has there are sort of two inciting incidents right which like the support groups does kind of feel like another movie like, he goes to the support groups and he cries for the first time in Meatloaf's boobies. Um, and that is sort of the thing where he's like, oh, I'm suddenly I'm feeling something. And then the other inciting incident is he and Brad Pitt are punching each other, right? Sure. But the inciting incident we want is Brad Pitt punching him. Sure. That's what I'm saying is like... Because, I mean, we are sort of taking it for granted that it starts with the support group, but maybe it also just starts with, like, the monotony of life. Yeah, he talks about, like, pl he says Planet Starbucks. That could be the song. So, like, there is a case to be made... There is. ...that the, the opening number of the show is, like, him as sort of... You know what it is? It's, like, him as sort of the guy from the Lego movie. The everything is awesome yeah, guy. Yes, yes, yes. Sort of working his way through his life and it's like him getting starbucks and it's really fierce and it's really funny and it's like yeah but he doesn't he doesn't he everything isn't great for him he wants no, i know but i think this is good i think it is that type of number but he has to be it, it's again more of an eeyore in the middle of it so what if it is a sort of everything is awesome type number about all the Starbucks and the Ikea furniture and everything that's so wonderful about this society. And he is, like, down about it. Mm -hmm. And then he goes home. The number ends. He's back home. And his apartment has exploded. There's probably, like, a funny gag where what he articulates he wants is to feel something. And he's, like, using, like, these extreme, like, words of, like... 
I want to yes. feel like the fire in my face. I want to feel like something in my loins. I want to like have something shock me into life and the apartment blows up. And he's like, not like that. When will my life explode? When will my life explode? <laughs> Parentheses at the planet Starbucks. So he goes, he goes, I just want my life to explode. Big explosion. His apartment blows up and he goes, but not like that. Bow. <laughs> Yes. He's on this like empty stage that just has like a door that we know is his apartment door. He takes out his keys, he puts it in the latch, he opens the door, and like the wall of fire goes from there, and he's hooked up to like a harness, and he goes like flying through the sky. Oh my god. And, like, lands, lands, he lands on the apron, and he's got like ash all over his face, his hair is disheveled, and he just goes, and not like that. Bow. Bow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the best opening number in the history of musical theater. If any uh, listeners are particularly analytical, they might start to think that Kyle and I equate good numbers with how much pyrotechnics are used. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes so does Broadway. Now, here's the problem. He has to have met Brad Pitt in the opening number because... So here's my question. Why yeah. is it important that he has met Brad Pitt? In other words, why is it important that he, the Tyler Durden oh. fantasies have started before the apartment blows up? I think it could very well, the apartment blows up, not knowing where else to go, he goes to some bar. Yeah, Brad Pitt right. is there selling soap. You're totally right. And and Brad's just there being awesome, and he is more He's than so ever. He's so charismatic. He's got a great jacket. He's got a terrific jacket. The sort of key uh, storytelling crumb here is that Brad Pitt makes soap, which we very... Not so subtly connect later in the play with dynamite explosions, his apartment, radical terrorism, etc. Yes. Yes. Um, so what do you see as the number around here? Well, I mean, like, listen, this this scene leads up to the the iconic line of the movie, which is, I want you to hit me as hard as you can, right? Yeah, so we're getting up to the moment of, I want you to hit me. Yeah. Do we think that's right away, or is that like, do we have... A thing in between. What if he sings a song that's like, no one sells soap as sexy as me? Or yeah, like, so if you make it about I sell right? soap, you get the great opportunity of him at one point in time being shirtless, covered in suds. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's called I sell soap. Maybe it's like the sexiest soap <laughs> salesman. It does have to be those sort of, uh, this is why I've got it all figured out and you don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty hot. <laughs> I mean, this is the, the gay, again, and take the internet will maybe not love, but this is a very gay movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, I trust you. I'm not going to I'm not going to try to be the arbiter of what is or is not a gay movie in Fincher's oeuvre. It's a very gay movie. At one at one point, they literally talk to, to each other while Edward Norton is sitting on a toilet and Brad Pitt is is naked in a tub scrubbing himself, and he says, maybe we don't need women. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the soap number happens. They stumble out in the parking lot, yes. and this is where shit hits the fan. This is where he says, I so want you to So is there any way we can do... He does the soap man. He says, I want you to hit me as hard as you can. He says, no, he's too afraid. He's like, oh, that's crazy. He goes away. Is there a way that he can meet uh, Helena Bonham Carter in this moment? And we can sort of, Ooh. yeah, what's up? It's got to be this. It's got to be, um, he punch. he does punch him. Like he's so caught up, but he punches him, but he's, then he's scared. He's scared of how good it feels and how he hurt someone. He's yeah. like, oh God. 
and he runs away, and there he finds Helena. Where does he find her? <laughs> on the side of the road? <laughs> At the laundromat. He, he gets blood on his shirt, and he goes, it's the only shirt he owns now, so he takes it to the laundromat. And she's stealing clothes. And Helena is there stealing clothes, and they meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just get, like, a little love duet. I love it. What's it called? What's the number called? Yeah, what's the song called? <laughs> no, I don't know. You, you figure this one out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go up with anything. Um, like, steal me like I stole that denim. Or spin the spin cycle. <laughs> the, spin, the rinse cycle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Drench me. Dry me, tumble me low. I got a big load for you. Like, you know. <laughs> no, I, no, I that's too much. <laughs> you didn't like it. Okay, I've got a crazy idea here that's like, so, like, now we're just writing our own show. But, like, <laughs> the just, internet will hate us. So, <laughs> so he, he meets Helena Mom Carter, and they have a connection, and they're falling in love, and he's like, great, this is an alternative to beating the shit out of people that can bring me joy. Yeah. Maybe this is the path, and she's like, let's go on a date. I don't have much money, but the chicken nuggets are cheap at Ikea. The chicken nuggets are... <laughs> she says the chicken nuggets are great at Ikea. And that makes him realize that even this other person who he thought he could connect to is also a slave to consumerism. And he must go back and live with Brad Pitt and join the Fight Club. <laughs> Say something. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the the path, the 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 structure of that is correct, right? He go he goes to her, he thinks it's gonna be another thing, and then he realizes that he has to ultimately go back to now is here's my question. Is there a way to use the support groups in this in this moment? So you're 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 suggesting sort of that he has this connection with Helena. She's like, I know a different way to dull the pain. She introduces him to the idea of just going to support groups and sort of feeling there. That could be fun. I Because I feel like that... You need to sell me a little bit on what's actually, like, funny about the support group number. Not just that we love it in the movie. Um, like, what is... Can you give me a, like... Okay, here's what it is. It's the song from Annie when Annie goes <laughs> to Daddy Warbucks's <laughs> house for the first time. <laughs> And it's Helena Bottom Carter being like, on Mondays we go to testicular cancer. And Bob's there and he's like, I don't have balls or something. You know, like, but we are enjoying the badness of watching them sing a sunny life's going to be okay number that's yes. all about profiting off of other people's pain. Yes, exactly. And, and what it is, is like, is like, this is going to solve your problems. Like, and it doesn't. And the end of the song is he go he he realizes that the support groups aren't working for him, and he goes to to the to the house and he knocks on the door and Brad Pitt opens the door and he punches him in the face. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then they start fighting, and like it should feel like the lovers are finally kissing for the first time when Brad Pitt socks <laughs> him in the face. Oh. You know what I mean? I just mean like there's like a big like dun 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 bum 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 punch, you know. Like sw- the the music is soaring. It's sw- it's a swooning moment. Yeah, I we're get sub- you. We're riffing on the that's the romance of the of the of the yes, movie. Yes, that is the actual romance of the movie. Okay, good. So how does this sound? Edward Norton shows up. Uh, he knocks on the door to the house. He says, "I'm in," and Brad Pitt he punches punches him, him in the yeah. face. Yeah, blackout as if. As if it's, like, Edward Norton's, like, he's unconscious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tight spot on Edward Norton lying on the ground unconscious. The lights are, like, fuzzy, hazy. He's waking up. There's a voiceover being, like, 
you might have think I stopped there, but like it transitions to like we started fighting every day, every Saturday. Yeah. Until we were ready for Fight Club. Lights up instead of like a dingy basement bar. It's like there's like a beautiful banner that says Fight Club, first inaugural meeting, and there's balloons. And yes. like, Welcome to Fight Club. I love it. And I think the riff on this song, like how to make it funny, is Brad and Edward pitching to the group of skeptical young men what the rules of Fight Club are. And there's one person in the crowd who's just like, um, you're talking about Fight Club. You just said you weren't going to do that. Or yes. like, uh, you said that rule twice. Or like they get to like, they're like the first rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. Mm-hmm. The second rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. Mm-hmm. The third rule yeah. is you, excuse me, can you tell me rule two again? I wasn't paying attention. Yes. <laughs> and they're just trying to get through the rules of Fight and Club. And maybe it's like a Do-Re-Mi type song from like The Sound of Music. <laughs> but it's like, but it's it's like rule number one. You can't talk about Fight Club. Like something two, like that. And you then still can't like, talk about it. And then that brings us back to rule number one. Like, you know, it's sort of like, you know, that type of. Um, I love that. A Do-Re-Mi about the rules of Fight Club, where one character is just really having a hard time with the rules of Fight Club. Yeah, okay, so then I feel like we need, um, I mean, we need to spend a little time with the two of them getting, like, closer, right? Yeah, because, like, we gotta understand, like, their friendship and stuff. That feels right to me. Um, so... So maybe this is a good time to do the so the in the in the movie they do this thing where they're like on a on a bus or something and they're like talking about all the different historical figures that they would want to fight. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um and I think they say like William Shatner or something. Yeah, very 90s. Abraham Lincoln or something. And it's just like a buddy a buddy bro song of them becoming tighter while beating up historical figures. Yeah, so it would turn into this sort of, like, dream ballet, like, fantasy Uh, sequence. Separate from what the movie says, what are some uh, historical figures that we think would have some high yields for? Like, pitch me some people they would fight. Ethel Merman. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, that obviously makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah, she would come out. Who else? They've got to fight, like, Jesus. Jesus. Hitler probably. Yeah, the 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 classic uh, the classic triumvirate of historical <laughs> figures: Ethel Merman, Jesus, and Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So how then do we get Helen? How do we get Helena Bonham Carter in here? And like, how are we using her? What's going on? So what happens now is Helena Bonham Carter starts seeing Brad. Yeah, and the way it happens in the movie is she calls Edward Norton, yeah. and Edward Norton ha- sort of doesn't hang up on her, but leaves the phone up on the hook, and Brad Pitt comes over. Brad and discovers picks it. Up. it and picks her up and brings her home, and they just start boning all the time. Um, so, like, there's probably, like, a love song right here. But, like, but like I feel like this is, this is obvious. Like, Helena has this line in the movie, which is, doesn't she say, she says, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school? <laughs> yeah, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. But she's... Helena is so perfect in that movie that it's just like that line is so funny and weird and oh my god yeah um so you the song would be I haven't been fucked like that since grade school yeah I mean <laughs> um I think it's like uh like a sort of like some enchanted evening style uh love very swoony Rodgers and Hammerstein love song right. Yeah, no, that sounds right, because you get, like, structurally this, like, uh, you're, you're planting the seeds of Edward starting to not like Brad as much and all of this, but, like, 
Yeah, that contrast between Rodgers and Hammerstein love song and HBC feels really right. Yeah. And then the Fight Club's, um, the homework assignments, right? Yeah, which I feel like that number is called, like, you could hit a stranger or something. Uh, um, Brad Pitt literally says, in this moment in the thing, we are the all-singing, all-dancing crap of the world. Oh, he does? Yeah. <laughs> That's the Act 1 finale. And what we're seeing is these disenfranchised, I guess, or feeling disenfranchised men with black eyes and bloody lips starting to pick fights on the street. They're starting to do petty vandalism and things like that. Yeah. And by the end of the first act, the fight club is sort of transitioning into something more sinister. But it's like a rowdy sailor number. Yeah, it's like a big dance number. Maybe it's like 42nd Street where they're like tap dancing and shit, you know? Great, yeah. You know, because they're the all-singing, all-dancing crap of, of the world. takes us to act two act two which which is the project mayhem act yeah the act where it spirals out of control so maybe this is a good idea for the start of act two because if act two is the project mayhem act the project mayhem revolves ultimately around like explosives and them building sort of dynamite and making soap so maybe act two is this number called let's make soap and there's this scene in the movie where they're stealing giant like bio bags of like human fat and like tossing them around right and i think there's something to be said just about like a really disgusting number um like you know how it takes a a woman in hello dolly like they're passing the bags of like feed around and stuff and it's like these like guys like throwing things around the store but it's like them it's like that exact number but they're making soap and it's just bags of human fat and like two-thirds of the way through like the first one would snag on barbed wire and it would like flash dance like pink liquid down on like oh i love that and then they just all start bursting like balloons and everyone's just getting covered in it Everybody's getting drenched in, uh, in like, fat from liposuction, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a number where, like, the entire group of Project Mayhem is, like, breaking into this lab to make soap, which we later learn is about explosives, or which we later understand is for right. explosives. And it's them throwing around bags of fat and getting drenched in it. Ew! It's I so love gross. it. I think that's great. Oh, it was my idea, but it's so great. I would vomit in the audience. <laughs> I would literally well, vomit. Well, you know, we want people to puke a little bit. I think that's great. Cause, so cause there is this amazing moment. There's this amazing moment in the movie where it gets snagged on barbed wire and there's like, pull it, pull it, and yeah. you know what's going to happen. It's and gross. And such a great moment where like, uh, help me think of a better uh, number comp than that it takes a woman. There's like these numbers where like people are throwing and it gets crazier and crazier and they're all passing and it's like a machine and then like one bag yeah. would snag on the barbed wire. Music stops. Yeah, there's definitely songs like that. I can't think of one right now, but like, there's definitely songs where it's like, heave ho, we're making soap. Like, yeah, like it's men throwing, throwing things and it's getting around. more and yeah, more yeah, exciting yeah. because of how many bags are added in and this guy's throwing it to that person. You always yeah. think he's going to miss the bag that's coming to him, but he doesn't, except then it gets caught on the barbed wire and they go, pull it! And it flash dances human <laughs> fat all over them. 
Yeah, but then they sort of realize the sweet liberation of having fat all over them, and they just dance around in it. You know, it's kind of just like a welcome back to Act Two type. Right. But well, where, where do we actually go after they make soap? There's got to be a number where uh, there's got to be a number where Edward Norton is uncomfortable with it, right? Before the yes. actual number. Well, I think Before. we can fold that in. I think, like, within this opening number about let's make soap, like, then they start blowing shit up. And I think we've established in that that he's starting to feel a little queasy about it. And maybe it, maybe as a result of that, he goes to Helena Bottom Carter and is like, listen, I don't know if this guy's, like, really that g- good news. Like, what do you, what do you, basically what it is in the movie, what do you see in him? Right. And then she leaves. And then, of course, you and I... Are not gonna miss an opportunity to do a song about punching Jared Leto in the face. <laughs> so, like, you know, my idea for the Jared. This is just. I, I think this song gets cut cut in previews, but uh, I think there could be a Lambeth Walk style number, which is you know one of the Lambeth Walk is something that Sam and I. <laughs> think is very funny which is the song for me and my girl where um it's basically nonsense it's like a nonsense song about a dance that doesn't actually exist and it just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and it's like love on top in musical theater right beyonce will fucking kill you for making that comparison <laughs> she will hunt you what down I mean and kill you. It- yes the point of the song is just it builds to a frenzy there could be a Lambeth Walk style number about beating the shit out of Jared Leto. <laughs> I mean, my only confusion is: Are you saying the interior to the musical? Are we punching Jared Leto's character in the face, or are we punching Jared Leto in the face? No, we're punching. Jared. They gotta if if we're gonna punch Jared Leto in the musical, they have to acknowledge that it is in fact Jared Leto. Put it in. We'll cut it in previews. There's also a fun potential of Edward Norton is is beating the shit out of Jared Leto, and suddenly. He has this flash forward sort of like Rose's turn moment (laughs) where he sees into the future and sees if he just killed Jared Leto right now, all the movies we would never have to see. (laughs) We wouldn't have to give him an Oscar for for playing that horribly problematic character in Dallas Buyers Club. He would never play the Joker. Yeah. Someone else would give Patricia Arquette her Oscar for Boyhood. (laughs) (laughs) If in our musical, Edward Norton killed Jared Leto by punching him. Um, and and then Brad Pitt sees that and is like, what's going on here? Gets him in the car. W- what happens in this scene? Like, I don't remember this scene very well. Like, what is the point of, like, they argue? I think what's going the, on? Brad Pitt's, like, pissed at Edward Norton, right? He's like, I've done so, basically, like, I've done so much for you. I've I've done this, I've done that. I, like, and then he admits in this moment he says that he blew up oh, his apartment. Yeah. And then, like, they get in a car crash, right? Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy. Um, does that want to be made into a I song? I don't know. I mean, like, we have, like, enough <laughs> stuff going on now. I feel well, like- it's like they have this, like, massive falling out that seems pretty important, and we can do it by scene. It doesn't need to be a song. They have this massive falling out that's important because, like, the next day when Edward Norton wakes Brad's up, gone. Brad's just, like, gone, right? Like, that's yes, when Brad he's leaves. gone. And then it's like Edward Norton is like in charge of. The- oh, and that's when they bring in Robert Paulson, played by Meatloaf. This is when they bring in Meatloaf. They, they, can, they bring in the corpse of a person named Robert Paulson who 
Edward Norton knows, and he's really sad about this guy's death. And he's like, see, Project Mayhem's going too far. It killed Robert Paulson. And they're like, no, we don't have names. But Edward Norton's like, no, 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 we do have names. And they're like, ah, in death we have names. And they all start chanting. His name was, what, his name was yes, Robert his name Paulson. Was Robert is that Paulson. it? His name was Robert Paulson, which is a much more obvious, perfect moment for a song than Brad Pitt uh, and Edward Norton in the car. Yeah, and what's it like? Like, what is it? I think it's like a, I think it's like a poor Judd is dead type song. Ooh, okay, yeah. Um, that's sort of like a funereal type of song about uh, Robert Paul, but but there's probably a silly element of it that can happen, which is like um, it feels. Well, it feels like actually to activate this is what we really need is like we need because the whole thing is Edward Norton is trying so hard to force them to see the error of his ways of their ways, and they then and they they hear him. And they take the totally wrong message from him. So he's like, this guy had a yes. name. And they're like, ah, oh, yes. Oh, okay. A name. We shall all have names in death. And he's like, no, no, no. And he should have like another like, no, you're not getting it. And it should be this whole number where he keeps suggesting what they're doing yes. wrong. And it accidentally creates a fake sham religion where he's the unwilling yes. And leader. what it should be, the style of the song is not Poor Joe is Dead, but it should be like a We Are the World type song. And it turns into one of those sort of like, boom, da, da, like we're like clapping our hands, like we're all Robert Paulson. And there's yes. no music, and he's like, no, don't clap on the apron, don't. I'm trying to tell you to stop. Yes. Yeah, that's like the vibe. Yes, he's just, exactly. He's trying to shut it down, and everything he does is they're like more, more, more craziness. Yes. Yeah, so he's like, I gotta go find Brad Pitt. I can't stop this. Only Brad Pitt can stop it. I have to go find him. Yes. He hits the road, and he finds out on the road. He discovers that he is. Brad, Brad Pitt. Pitt. So he realizes that he's Tyler Durden. By realizing it, he summons the spirit back of Brad Pitt. And they have a number. Yes. But what is it? <laughs> the song is... Let's hear it. It's a next-to-normal type, like, poppy, rock-like imitation uh, musical theater songs called I'm You and You're Me. Yeah. Can you paint the picture for me a little more? Like, Brad Pitt is in that big fur coat and Edward Norton is like realizing that he's him and Brad Pitt's kind of like, no matter how hard you try, like you'll never escape. Like you got to just embrace me. Give me a little bit of it. Give me a little tease. Sell me on it, baby. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's like, like, like I'm you and you're me. We are dead. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a boy band type. I don't know. It's like, it's the 11 o'clock number, right? Great. And then what happens? Well, then Edward Norton's like, I have to set things right. And so he gets, he goes to Helena Bonham Carter and he's like, you got to get on a bus. And they have this like final moment that I think we are sort of an agreement should be sort of like we, the audience sees what their lives could have been without Tyler Durden and Fight Club. Right. Right. In the movie, she says, you're the worst thing that ever happened to me. They sing, you're the worst thing that ever happened to me together. And the tone of it is things could have been better. Things could have been better. Yeah. He pushes her on the bus. Yes. And then he goes to- We should skip all the police stuff, all of that. I think we should have him just go Great. straight to the building. Yeah. He finds out the plan, which is good. He's going to blow up all the credit card companies so that the debt goes to zero. He goes to it. He gets to the tower to mm -hmm. confront uh, Brad Pitt. And he has, I think he should have a little reprise of when, when my- When will my life explode? When will my life explode? Now is the moment. And he shoots himself in the face. Mm -hmm. And 
Brad Pitt disappears. Right. And Helena Bottom Carter comes up. And as they, like, embrace and blood is pulling out of his face, like, the buildings blow up behind him. The buildings all explode. Yeah. So the buildings blow up. So maybe the last number wants to be some sort of, like, preaching the morals number. I mean that, like, as a convention where, like, yeah, everyone comes out and sings about not what they've learned, but sort of, like, this is what this was about, like, Brechtian at the edge of the stage. Yes. Like, maybe it's this number called, like, We Are All Tyler Durden, and, like, the entire ensemble is on the apron with gunshot wounds trying to sing this, like, deep song about what the message is. But every time they get to what the message is, like, the blood, like, gurbles so much that we can't hear it. So, so it's sort of yeah. like, yeah. so it's a song that's like, we're going to tell you what this move, this whole story was about. And it was dark and it was violent, but it was worth it because the moral of the story and the moral of consumerism and how you can break the cycle is blah, 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 blah. you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they're like, you see those skyscrapers exploding behind you. It's important because. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are all Tyler Durden. I think that's fun because it's kind of a nod to, like, what we've been saying about, like, this movie does say something, but it's not, like, actually yeah. as deep and provocative as many people seem to suggest it is. Yes, and the moral of the, and the moral of all this is... Blah, 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 blah. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I hope that noise sounds good <laughs> while recorded. <laughs> yes, but it'll be great. And, um... And my other thing is... The show curtain, when you come into the theater and when it comes out at the end, it's it's a beautiful red curtain. But every now and then, a dick flashes on it. And and the audience is constantly just like, was that a dick I saw on the curtain? You know. And that's a reference to the fact that the Brad Pitt character theoretically splices pornographic images pornographic into images Disney movies, into essentially. Kids movies yeah, yeah cool yeah. i think this is good i think this is gonna be a good musical yeah is, i guess what i'm feeling yeah i think this is very fun um i love it yeah <laughs> um do you have any casting well you have already said you've suggested to me in the past katrina link as the helena bottom character i, I think that's great gotta be that's it's gotta be katrina that's Lang. really fun I feel pretty strongly about um ben platt as edward norton <laughs> yeah well he's got the great like <laughs> <laughs> Lord forgive me for saying this, but he's got the great like nebbish, but I might murder you quality that we're searching yes, for. Like, yes, 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 yes. Now they're really who who exists who is anything like Brad Pitt in musical theater. Like this will be a big break for someone, and it will be someone who has played Fierro. Oh, that's a good point. Because no one wants to play third fiddle to Ben and Katrina, so they're just going to find an ex Fierro who's right. really hot. Right. Um, should I try to recap this whole thing? Yeah, let's do it. Or we can alternate numbers. No, go. Okay. So the musical starts with this sort of America corporate consumerism world where everyone is happy on planet Starbucks except for our hero, Edward Norton, who is waiting for his life to explode. Yes. At the end of the number, he gets to his door. The actual literal explosion happens. He flies through the air and he's like, but not like but that. But not like Bum. that. Bow. He goes to Lou's Tavern, where he meets Brad Pitt, who is Very a important. sexy soap salesman. I'm the soap man. Hit me as hard as you can. Edward Norton does punch him. He's a little scared of how uh -huh. good it feels, so he retreats, but he's got blood on his shirt. So he takes it to the laundromat, because it's his only yes. shirt he owns. Yes. Where he meets Helena Bonham Carter, who is stealing other people's clothes. Yeah. They have, like, a song of connection. It's a love song, but the, the, the focus is... 
neither of us feels like we belong. It's called the spin cycle. Yes. Then she's like, I can fix your your problems. And she takes him on this little orphan Annie tour of uh, of support groups. She shows him like on Mondays we go to testicular cancer. On Tuesdays we do this. And it makes me feel better. Yes. Does it make you feel better? And it doesn't. So he goes to that dilapidated house. Yes. He opens the door. Brad Pitt punches him in the face. Socks him. Blackout. Lights up on like a party hall with like the fight club. Yes. <laughs> um, and they have a do-re-mi-esque number where they explain the rules of fight club. Rule number one, you can't talk about fight club. From there, we show Brad and Edward getting closer together by singing which historical figure would you fight? Yes. Then Helena comes, she meets Brad, the two of them bone, and she sings, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. And then the finale is the fight club sort of turning into this darker thing where they're doing petty vandalism and other things, and it's a rowdy number called... The all-singing, all-dancing crap of the world. It's a big dance number, right? Edgy, yeah. Yes, 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 big dance number. Tapping. That's act one. Act two opens with another big number. It's called We're Making Soap or Let's Make Soap. And it's this sort of number yes. where all these men are throwing around like big sacks of stuff. And in this case, these sacks are of human fat. Yes. Um, all while Edward Norton is starting to get more and more uncomfortable because he knows the soap is going to be used for explosives. He goes to Helena and he's like, girl, you got This is not good. Why are you? Why are you seeing Brad? She gets mad and leaves. Yes. He takes out his anger later that day or later that night on Jared Leto. Who is diegetically Jared Leto. Diegetically Jared Leto, <laughs> which prompts Brad Pitt to be like, yeah. I created this thing for you. I, I blew up your apartment to get you on board of this. And he's like, what? And they get in this big fight and Brad disappears. He's gone. The cult has brought back one of their own members and the person's dead. And there's this big number, like, we are the world, where Edward Norton's trying to be like, you guys are going too far. And he's trying to give them advice, and he's trying to help them see. Yeah. And it gets bigger and bigger. They're yes. clapping acapella. And he's just like, no, you're not listening. But they keep misinterpreting him and treating him like he's a guru. Yes. So he's like, nothing can stop this. Only Brad Pitt can stop this. I have to find Brad. Through looking for Brad, he realizes that I am Tyler Durden. <gasps> and they sing this pop rock song. I am you and you are me. Yes. And then they he goes to Helena Bonham Carter. They have this like final duet where he's getting her to leave and they sort of consider what could have been. Yep. She gets mm-hmm. on the bus. They go to the towers. He sings a reprise to Brad of I'm waiting for my life to explode that ends of him shooting himself. Brad disappears. Helena comes. She helps tape up his face with some gauze, but it's bleeding a lot. And then everyone comes on stage, and while the towers explode behind them, they yes. sing this We Are Tyler Durden number where they're all literally him with gaping holes in their faces, and they're right. moralizing the, the story. They're saying this story was about – these are the lessons learned, but whenever they get to the actual lessons, the blood pooling in their faces makes them impossible to hear, so all we hear is like garbled blah, 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 blah curtain down and then a dick pops up end of fight club i honestly think it's pretty good there's some pyrotechnics there's some soap there's some uh lacerated bags of human fat we changed the story a lot all you diehard fight club fans are gonna continuously emails our our inboxes are gonna be full with how dare you not like the punches how dare you not like the twist and how dare you change the context of helena bottom carter's character's relationship (laughs) 
Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. Hi, Kyle. Hello. Uh, during that little ditty, some time passed, uh, actually a great deal of time passed, during which Kyle went away and wrote a song. He went, he joined a fight club, he got hit a bunch of times in the face so he could truly empathize with the characters. That's right. And then bruised and bloodied and just a wreck of a man, he limped back to a piano and wrote a song, passed it on to tons of talented people, and they turned the song into what you're about to hear. Kyle, would you like to set the scene? I would love to, but before we do that, there's a little bit of housekeeping we have Ooh, to do. Prologue. Because I don't know if the <laughs> listeners have been keeping up with current events, but the last two episodes, something interesting has been going on between Sam and I. Two weeks ago, with The Shape of Water, I wanted Michael Shannon to fuck the fish, and Sam said, nah, we don't need to do that. <laughs> Last week, I wanted Javier Bardem to sort of have a little moment with Josh Brolin, where he was like, hmm, maybe this guy's kind of, ugh, kind of hot, kind of, kind of giving it to me. And Sam was like, nah, we don't need to do that either. But today... I have my revenge. If you've been waiting for the the two male leads to have a sort of uh, ooh, moment together, then this is this is the time because uh, the well, you'll you'll see, you'll see, right, right, Sam. <laughs> Sam has no idea what's about to happen. Yeah. No, no, I, I I think this is great, but I do just want to point out that I am all for it in this case. I think it works. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think Ty, I think Brad and Edward already have that going on. Sounds like if the dramaturgy supports, then then this can happen. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not just some Scrooge for, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, the leads boning. So, so okay, so this, basically all you need to know setup-wise is uh, this is the scene where uh, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt are in the hotel room. Brad's wearing the fierce fur coat, and Edward Norton finds out that they're the same person. So without further ado, produced by Andrew Fox, here's Casey Cott and Joshua Grosso singing, I am you, open parentheses, you are me, close parentheses, from Fight Club, the musical. <laughs> All right, we're here now in this hotel room, and you've got to answer me. Why do people think I'm you? Why do people think I'm Tyler Durden? You still don't get it, do you? You think it's coincidence I'm all you wanna be You think I'm a random hot guy come to set you free I look like you wanna look, I fuck just like you wanna fuck And so, I think you know I am you, you are me There's a terrorist inside of me And now I gotta cut him out for good I'll make you bleed but first let's rip off both our shirts so we can see That I am you and you are me Damn, you look, you look good You look amazing, but no matter I gotta destroy you now, oh doppelganger may But I hear the room service is complimentary So after a pleasant night of moonlight cabernet and pantsier bath I'll kick your ass I am you, you are me God, you make me feel so filthy well, Why not take a shower really quick? I've got cheese and some wine I'll scrub your back if you scrub mine You try the breathe Cause I am you and you are me No more distractions now 
inside of me You gotta pull up to but not just yet Lock the door, dim the lights We're gonna fight so hard we won't get sleep till three If you enjoyed, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Insert Movie Here. Insert Movie Here is hosted by myself, Sam French. And me, Kyle Wilson. And we have 1,000 thank yous. To Casey Cott singing Ed Norton, Joshua Grosso singing Brad Pitt slash Tyler Durden, Ben Morris for transcribing the music, Louis Aronowitz on bass and guitars, and Andrew Fox for producing the song. To the great folks on our theme song, Andy Einhorn who produced the track, Nevada Lozano who arranged and orchestrated the tune, Daniel Kluger for mixing, Jessica Thompson for mastering, and David Dabin for music editing. To Will Blum on lead vocals, Lindsay Roberts, Zanny Laird, Jackson Perrin, and Adrian Rosas singing backup. Trevor Newman on trumpets, Rebecca Patterson on trombones, Chad Smith on saxes, and Evan Hyde on drums. To Thomas Constantine Moore, who designed our logo, and Jeremy Robin Lyons, who arranged our incidental music. Our music supervisor is Andy Einhorn, and our executive producer is John Albert Harris. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.